0: Well, 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 this is Rowan Faycastle from an alternate dimension, where I spend my time defending the helpless against rampaging hordes of ghouls sent by the wizard the Blood Fist. Yeah, it's just me and my sentient sword rat Skull, and my dwarven hand cannon. But anyway, I was asked by another Rowan if I could thank a few people, so I... Uh, well, I guess it's these people, Nick Scott. Ian Ford, Guillotine, Matthew Smets, Mary Rain, Chris Walsh, Mike Hammond, Michael Pola, Jason Campbell, Olga Krasik, Michelle B. Noreen Elizabeth, David Forsey, Heather Bear, Cheryl Nash, Chelsea Dab-Hilke, and Shell Scott. Well, I'm told to tell you guys that you're the real sunshine. Yeah. I remember the sunshine. Um, Thank you.
1: Hello, it's McFerty, your Dungeon Mom, at the top of the episode. And feeling pretty woozy because I was knocked out for like a whole month by Kobold Sleeping Poison. Which, if you were wondering, is a big hammer. I just wanted to say thank you so much for spending all of last year listening to us. You're wild. You're so many episodes in. We love you so much. Thank you so much for doing that. We really can't ask for anything more than you tuning in every week to listen. And yet I'm about to ask for more. If you like the show or if you're barely tolerating the show and would like it to get better, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five star review. It really helps new people find the podcast and latch onto it like you have with a honey badger grip that will not release until one of us dies. If you don't have an iPhone, or you listen to us on some sort of podcatcher that doesn't allow reviews, you can go follow us on Twitter, at Wonder and send us your favorite moments while tagging us in the post. Not only does it let us know that you're watching and that you like what you're seeing, but we'll gift a character inspiration from you on the show for doing it, and that will keep them alive. And lastly, you can head over to patreon.com slash wonderandblunder and leave us a little tip. There's a bit of bonus content and a few extra recordings, from various hilarious side campaigns that we've run, and it helps support us. I'm not gonna lie, putting together this podcast every week is a lot of work. And this support from you, whether it's monetary or shares or reviews, goes a really long way for helping us grow and make this thing better. And for those of you who have done one or all of those things, thank you so much. You are doing the most. Anyway, here's Yuri Ditchdigger to catch you up on what happened last time. Previously on Wonders and Blunders, The party went plane hopping, from fighting a giant spider god in the ethereal to a tavern for wayward ghosts, and onwards to the Fae, where they got buried under an avalanche and then solved a murder perpetrated by a disgruntled familiar who looked like a cute little marmot. After gathering all the evidence, Pinky the Marmot charged the spellbook and tried to make a wish on the Pearl of Possibility, but Ben quickly dispelled the hold on him, keeping him on that plane, and he disappeared. His accomplice general noir made a run for it into the snow his dragon companion abandoned him to walk but with his authority granted by the winter court the party could not pursue now we join them back in the parlour of canoith's conjured tower where they can finally have the post-dinner drinks they were promised so long ago isn't that nice all uphill from here i bet onwards to the episode So you step into the parlor, the fire in there roaring again on these paintings of the family, which somehow at this point look happier than they did before. Uh, (laughs) The family is gathered around Ken, who sits still fairly confused, switching from being furious at his entire family to all of them just doting over him with love and hugs and appreciation as you all sit down and, and drinks begin to appear on the tables around you and ken sort of looks to all of you and says "Uh, well it seems i owe you a great debt i'm having a hard time believing that pinky could summon up the the courage and wherewithal to murder me i suppose that i'll have to summon him back sometime and have a talk with him
0: keep a close eye on him if you do
1: yes well uh, of course i mean he'll be powerless if i bring him back
0: Yeah, Rowan just takes a a longer swig
1: of his old (laughs) fashioned. And Noir's involvement is troubling. I suppose he wanted that donjon location more than I expected.
2: He was pretty committed to squeezing it out of somebody.
3: Hmm.
4: I suppose with your connections at the Winter Court, you shouldn't have any problems uh, tracking him down and ensuring that he doesn't get up to any more nonsense.
1: Well, I suppose that depends on who gets to the Queen's ear first. My reputation has eroded over the time that I've spent away. Uh, I was once quite highly regarded there, but, um, parting with the Winter Queen's service is never easy. I I think her most trusted general might have a leg up on me in that case, but either way, we're not in her court anymore. We'll figure it out.
2: Well, Ventress seemed to, um have some objections, so I think he'll have to find
0: another way back. Yeah, sh- surely that'll count for something.
1: Oh, yeah, so d- don't don't get me wrong, I'm not terribly worried about myself. Uh, more so, and looking over to Herrick, he says, I'm sorry, I- I'm not sure how this will turn out in terms of your pardon. And Herrick kind of, yeah, is, is holding the, the pardon in his hand and he says, well, uh, I got by well enough without it before. And they, they kind of share a bit of a somber moment and then uh, ken says well consider this house another home to you for as long as you need it i'm sure you could use a bit of rest the rooms are yours to take advantage of and uh, uh mr valen i promised you some paper and ink and uh potentially a new spell for your book uh, yes uh,
4: i would be most excited to uh, uh, to speak in more detail about some of your experimentations
1: very good. Well, uh, let me let me just catch up with the family. But before you turn in for the night, uh, I can get you set up with anything that you'd like. In fact, if you'd like uh, to return to the observatory at any, at any time, I think I have plenty of paper and ink there if, uh, if you'd like to start doodling away. I, I might take you up on that. Very good. And then I, I would say over like the next hour or so, the family just, they sort of fall into, as the drinks start to flow... These stories come out of all of what happened and how much each of the family members suspected the others of having killed Ken, and Ken sort of getting over these stories that all of them had of their reasons for wanting to kill their own dad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and you you do learn a few things. So uh, at one point, Paulina is saying, "Your boon, I suppose, was that a was that a one time thing?" And he says, "I I don't know, but I I do feel." different um so if if things do get out of hand tonight please nobody uh stab me in the back or cast finger of death on me uh i have a feeling next time it might stick and you you can see that like even terry is able to get in on some of the conversations as they go through at one point he sort of goes up to ken and takes the ring off of his finger that pinky had given him off of ken's corpse and goes to hand it back over and says uh dad i don't uh pinky gave me this i don't know I'm sure you don't want me to be the gatekeeper for the Donjon, uh, especially now that you're back. And he says, well, no, that wasn't my intention, Terry. Thank you for giving it back. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and, and Terry kind of like, yeah. Uh, and then goes to sit back down and and he says, but um, I don't know, maybe sometime the two of us could take a swing through at the first few chambers. I know you you got pretty close to getting past those skeletons the first time. And he, he says, yeah, I... I think I'd like that. Aww.
5: <laughs> what kind of skeletons?
1: No, just your regular everyday skeleton. You couldn't get past
5: them? Ben looks at Terry.
1: Terry's like, <laughs> no, I mean, they got they got shields. One of them got a club. And they're mean as hell, too. You got the meanest skeletons I've ever met. They really demoralize you. Right. <laughs> Beat the okay. shit out of me with a club. <laughs>
5: <laughs> well, maybe um, we could go and help you sometime.
1: You'd do, you do, you help me get through the... And he kind of looks at, at Ken, and Ken says, well, uh, he could use all the help. But I, I don't think that's a task that you want. It's um, it's
6: frustrating. <laughs> 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 uh, Terry, if you'd like, I could always... Uh, I know you're trying to break into the market, as they say. If you like, I could always... Uh, I have a friend who, who, you know, who in Pralia deals with various kitchen wares and and metals i could uh, always uh, write you a letter would you would you do that i mean if you wouldn't mind of course yeah yeah of course it's the least i could do you know oh okay. uh, yeah yeah
1: okay well that's that's a spot uh i i can i can get to Pralia. i got a few i could probably i've been saving a few of the rutabagas under the couch i could probably sell a few of those <laughs> maybe hop a carriage
6: uh, yeah, uh, uh, no worries. Let me uh, just uh, uh, put something together. Uh, don't read the letter before you pass it over.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, okay. Keep, keep the seal intact. I get it. Nice. Yeah. nice. At, at some point, while the conversations have, have sort of drifted over to Beatrice, as people are asking, so wait, how how is that one student... How do you expect that one student to come back? And she's like, well, he didn't die. He's just... um." possessed. So we might be able to get, you know, whatever sort of ancient spirit is is controlling his body. We might be able to get him back from that. And while she's explaining how each and every one of her students was killed on this field trip, uh, Paulina comes over to the group of you and hands you a sheet of paper. I suspect that once we get you back to the material, it might be be nice for you to have a place to uh, lay low should you need it. I've mostly finished my time on the material plane. Uh, There are other more interesting places that I'd like to take myself, but uh, I have some property uh, which is going to waste currently in Mox the Rain and hands you over a, a deed.
3: Oh. hmm
1: <laughs> You were quite kind to me despite my part in all of this. I hope that this can help to repay you. I will warn you, though, that uh, Terry did crash here, <laughs> I believe he put it, so... <laughs> I haven't been there in quite some time. I have no idea what shape it's in. Uh, covered I'm, in
5: I'm, covered in rutabaga.
1: Yes, I would assume. At least the smell doesn't uh, clean out easily. So forgive me that, but uh, a, a bit of a fixer-upper could be a project for you.
5: Thank you very much. Yeah, that's that's marvelous.
1: Very very kind of you.
7: He's mm. like nice cave.
1: Um, I, I would say it's on the. I would say a moderate cave. Hmm. Maybe What's by the level? time you're done with
7: it.
2: What
4: level is it on?
1: Uh, it is in the ashes. I picked it up cheap, thought maybe uh, Terry had me convinced that maybe real estate was something that I could get into with all of my traveling, but uh, honestly, too boring for me. <laughs> and I'm not going to leave it with him. The The silver's crossover is not very high with the house-flipping market, so...
3: <laughs> right, right. Uh,
1: we are
4: extremely grateful. Um, Absolutely. That, that it would be very helpful uh, when we pass through to have somewhere to call our own. In fact, it, it saves me from having to call in a few favors.
1: Very good, well, the, the, yes, absolutely, the least I could do. Um, and yes, th- thank you again dearly for all of this. I hope that once you leave this place that we can uh, meet up sometime. I, I'm hoping uh, to get more information about, especially you, Miss Bree, your homeland. I would uh, be happy to tell you what I know. Well, I, I will certainly take you up on that.
0: Yeah, and if you ever find yourself in, in Fay Castle again, you, you let them know that uh, that Rowan, Rowan sends his friendship. R- Rowan and Teague.
1: Yes, I, I I think I could use a an emissary in that neck of the woods nowadays. Hmm, well, well, you got two. Yeah, and so she sort of drifts back over to the conversation with Ken uh, as the fire starts to get lower throughout the night. Is there anything you'd like to do before turning in?
4: Yeah, before I head to the observatory, uh, could I just approach uh, Beatrice? Mm-hmm. Um... Madam Nightshade. Um you taught at uh, Ritness Academy? Uh
1: yes, the Spire Academy.
4: I did.
6: Uh
4: and how how long were you there?
1: I've I've had tenure for about 25 years.
4: Uh, did you ever cross paths with a uh, wizard um by the name of Fumora?
1: <sighs> yes, a friend of uh, yours.
4: Um a, a very dear friend.
1: Mm, figures.
4: Uh, how how well do you know her?
1: Uh, not very well. I stare clear of her as much as possible. Trouble, that one.
4: Oh, um, may I ask what sort of trouble?
1: She knows too much about everyone. Every every step you take, it's like she's already seen it happen. She's always wanting to right. stick her neck out in, in front of all of the kings and queens, any royalty that came through. She was all over them looking for a court position.
4: Well, yes, she did have to struggle quite a bit to achieve her, her place in the world. Um... You you haven't been in touch with her then you you wouldn't have any idea where she might be these days.
1: No, as long as she's not anywhere around me, I'm I'm happy.
4: Well, um, any good stories about her?
1: Yeah, she gives you this kind of long story about this time that that Famora basically got all of the other teachers off on this kind of wild goose chase so that she could sit next to a a very high ranking family uh, from from Praulia. <laughs>
4: Huh, interesting.
1: There was a a big (laughs) banquet dinner that uh, a lot of the teachers would try to get hired on, like, private contracts with noble families. And these dinners tended to be a good, like, mingling time for them to make a bunch of extra cash really quickly. And Famora basically gave each of them these prophecies that she made seem extremely dire (laughs) uh, so that they would go off on these wild goose chases so that she could sit and have her pick of the nobles. (laughs) <laughs> Amazing And yeah she tells this story with, uh, with Some very thinly veiled Hatred in her <laughs> voice
4: Thank you for that um, I suppose I, I won't Mention having seen you If I do run into her
1: Oh, no. Uh, let her know. It's, it's best that she knows where I am so that our paths don't accidentally cross, although with her, I don't know if that's possible.
4: Uh, thank you for that. That, that story is, is very dear to me.
1: Very good. Uh, it was quite painful for me to retell, so consider that <laughs> even for bringing my dad back to life.
4: <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Um, I hope it's not too long before we see one another again.
1: Yes, well, uh, if you do find your way to Riteness... I can get you an audience with, with any of the uh, any of the teachers that you'd like. I'm sure that there's a lot they could show you. And, of course, if you'd like to try your hand at the art of necromancy, look me up while you're there.
4: I I, I might come and say hello if I ever uh, get the chance to pass through. Mm. And then I think with that, I'll head to the observatory.
6: Okay. I would like to... stars wants to approach Ken. Yep, if he's still there. He uh, is, yeah. Ken? Yes. Uh, this is a bit of a strange and kind of a... Kind of a strange question in the past couple of days of wandering the plains i've used up all of my daggers i've literally lost every single one
3: <laughs>
6: and if you have any that would really make me more comfortable because currently i don't know how much longer where i'm going to be stuck i don't know when i'm going to go get back to a relatively safe place and uh, I, I, normally I would go buy some but uh, even that seems to be impossible here <laughs> uh, y- yes
1: actually I, I have something that I think would work quite well for someone who loses daggers um, oh. and, and just calls out uh, M- Mr. Valen actually uh, maybe the best thing to do would be to come with me now uh, and he goes uh, and opens the door to the study uh, and sort of leads both of you in there uh, if anyone else would like to go
5: yeah Ben's gonna follow He was gonna be uh, heading to the study actually
1: Okay, so all of you will head to the study. Uh, Rowan, Kara, and Bree, anything you want to do?
2: I think Kara's like getting buried under an avalanche. Bruises are really starting to ache. Um.
3: (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Legit. Yeah, you're all pretty ragged. Like uh, Mm. uh, this, this has been a trying time physically and then mentally. So.
2: Yeah. Uh, so I think actually Kara is too worn out to do anything and is drinking a little too much and <laughs> falling asleep by the fire. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Roan is, is nursing his uh, his old-fashioned and
2: uh, <laughs> of one
0: hand's on the drink and the other hand is sort of antique and uh, he keeps eyeing Paulina and he, he's sort of like chewing on his lip and, and trying to
7: build up uh, a bit of courage to to approach her. Bree is going to settle some unfinished business and make her way back into the kitchen temporarily. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Um, Where she is going to be primarily looking for a sack of potatoes that she can then empty and head to Herrick's room where she has left a large quantity of gold found (laughs) under the floorboards. Okay,
1: very good. Uh, Let's do the first part of that. So you open the door to the kitchen and an army of knives and forks and ladles turns to face you uh, threateningly. Uh, and
7: I think Bree just kind of like takes a, a like a, a deep breath at the doorway, sighs and, and, and steps in closing the door behind her. Okay, yes. great. Um,
1: how do you picture this scene going? So the uh, all of the knives and forks and ladles and stuff, even the soup pot itself, like get up and charge you. Uh, how, how would you,
3: like you can just say how you're
1: gonna fend them off and get to the potatoes and I'll, I'll get you to make like a, a skill challenge against the kitchen.
3: Yeah, I think
7: <laughs> I think Priya's coming in here with a purpose of being like I need a large sack that can like take a lot of gold in it. Um so she's just trying to to take as many hits as she can kind of from these knives. I imagine if there's like soup pots going on, she has no problem just putting one over her head and like trying to smell her way to the potatoes. Yeah, um, okay. <laughs> So and, it's and easy to like find the potatoes. Would be running through almost.
1: Okay, great. Um, so you can do uh, a. Is there like a skill that you that you'd like to use to? <laughs> and you're gonna you're gonna do three skill checks uh, against the
7: kitchen. I guess like an <laughs> athletics check would probably be for for trying to like r- you know break through the line of utensils. Yeah. Okay. It'd definitely be one of them. So do you can do athletics. Uh, that is a sixteen plus five.
1: Okay, great, 21. They're gonna (laughs) contest, they get a 19. Uh, So I feel like it's like you end up picking up the table and all of these (laughs) knives just start like sticking through the front of it like a bunch of forks dig in, but you're able to sort of wield it like a shield and just kind of like push your way through. You see that there is a ladle that is being set up by two forks and loaded like a catapult (laughs) shooting potatoes at you. Brilliant. Um, so that you're able to track down the potatoes that way as they like load up again while they see you coming like potatoes just bouncing off of the table and your scales.
7: Yeah. Could I make a perception check to try and like see the potatoes coming and duck and dive out of the way? Perhaps as they like clang off of hanging pots and pans from the ceiling. Yeah, that sounds good. You'll uh, be competing. Oh, they got another one. 15 plus five.
1: Okay, yeah, so that's that's another. You're just sort of like dodging out of the way, and you quickly like duck and weave through these potatoes. Even knives that are flying through the air are skewering them in front of you as you sort of dodge both at the same time. You get up to the bag of potatoes. Uh, the catapult quickly disbands as like your big foot comes down next to the potatoes. And now the army has regathered to try to stop you from leaving the room. So they have a soup pot, which they put on like a serving tray that is full of like this bubbling, boiling soup. There's like a broom at one end that is being held and they're pushing the tray towards you like a battering ram uh, with, with a boiling oil
7: cauldron on it.
3: <laughs>
7: can I make a strength-based intimidation check to try and play chicken against them and just like charge head first against them? Okay, great. That's the best <laughs> I can think of. Okay or farm table shield yeah 18. i like that 18 uh, 18 so, so 23 they,
1: oh 23 total okay yeah. you are going to barrel through it and get to the door uh but they got a 20 so you're gonna take mm. some damage all right i'll i'll do that <laughs> it's like the first time
7: Bree has ever rolled successfully on any
3: chest. <laughs> yeah I mean, absolutely nailing this six kitchen have never encounter. Been <laughs> higher. six have never been higher <laughs>
7: Um, So you like
1: collide with this pot, uh, which spills all over you. So just like all this soup just pours down through your scales and stuff like that. And you're going to take eight fire damage
3: okay.
7: I imagine everyone here is like a very distant roar coming from like part of, the, yeah. part of the building.
1: Yeah. And you emerge into Herrick's room with this potato sack with just like steam coming off of your scales. <laughs> <laughs> just covered in, in hot soup.
0: Excellent. Amazing.
1: In the study, Valen and Star, as soon as you, oh and uh, Ben, as soon as you come inside, Ken makes his way over to a table, and he's just looking around. He's like, what in the hell happened in here? It's like trying to straighten up. He picks up a bunch of scrolls off the ground, uh, and he's like, "Uh, uh, there's a couple of these left, Mr. Valen, you might want to take a look at. And he kind of like looks around the room and then just goes, oh, of of course, and holds his hand up and whistles. And you hear metal streaking through the air as a dagger uh, comes spinning out from behind one of the bookshelves and lands in his hand. And he takes it and hands it to you, Star. Whoa. Uh, he says, this one is uh, quite difficult to lose. Um, <laughs> so this is a uh, plus one returning dagger. Cool. Hell yeah.
6: Amazing. Wow. Yeah Star's, yeah, Star's just like perplexed when he sees it. And then he like looks at Ken and he's like, kind of makes a motion like, can he try it? And he says, oh, yes, uh, be my guest. Would you like me to
1: pull? And he like, just like picks up a book. Yeah,
3: yeah.
1: <laughs> he he throws the book, um, and you can make uh, an attack. Sweet. Um. Hope
5: you know how to whistle.
7: <laughs> uh,
1: yeah, probably. I mean, like twenty-eight. Yeah, you skewer the book, uh, and it digs into the bookshelf. Okay. Can cat lips whistle?
6: Yeah. How <laughs> do I bring it back?
1: Yeah, you can. You can just try. Okay. Uh, like, technically this shouldn't work because you have to attune to it, but I'm just going to say that it does. (laughs) Okay, cool. Yeah. (laughs) Star just tries to whistle, I guess. Yeah. (laughs) Whistle a tune. (laughs) Yeah. So you just like fail whistling, but still the intention is there. Uh, And so after, after your attack with a bonus action, you whistle and the dagger comes spinning back into your hand. Cool.
6: With a bonus action. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Cool. Wow. This is, this will be perfect. Thank you. I I was just, oh, I was just hoping for you know a plain old one, but this is this is amazing. Are you sure? Are you okay with giving this to me? Oh yeah, yes, of course. Uh,
1: it, it took me some time to to craft, but I don't really use it i mean actually my books are probably better off for it as he points and you can see that there are like slits
6: in a bunch of the books where he has just been idly throwing this dagger into them <laughs> oh well i'm I, would cert, I will certainly have use for it I, thank you yeah i'm in your debt and then star bows and yeah, he
1: he says, "Oh, uh, uh, think nothing of it." He then takes out a bunch of like a big stack of magic paper, uh, and a vial of magic ink, and says, uh, "Yes, uh, Mister Valen, help yourself. Uh, my only requirement is that you include this." And he takes out a scroll for Ken Watts' conjured wardrobe. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. He says, I'll, I'll give you a few copies of that to uh, hand out at, at parties or wizardly gatherings in the future. Uh, I would like to see this uh, popularized in the near future.
4: You could not find a more enthusiastic salesman.
1: And he says, <laughs> another one of my my recent discoveries. I assume you know the Mage Hand cantrip? Uh, yes, I do. Well, I've uh, managed to create a bit of an upgrade for it. Uh, and hmm. he slides you a- another scroll for... <laughs> Uh, a new upgraded cantrip called Rage Hand.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Rage Hand? Nice. Nice. Uh,
1: I have... um, Oh my god, that sounds amazing.
2: That sounds so good.
1: It can just flip the bird really good. (laughs) (laughs) A spectral floating hand appears at a point you choose within range. The hand lasts for the duration until you dismiss it as an action. The hand can't activate magic items or carry more than 40 pounds the rage hand has an unarmed melee spell attack that deals 1d4 force damage and uses your spell casting modifier to hit uh, it can hold a one handed weapon and you may use your attack action to have it attack with that weapon as a spell attack using your spell casting modifier that's fun mm. Cool. Nice. that's handy uh, Hey. Uh, yeah it's just like reading over it
4: it's like oh this, this is quite versatile um, excellent excellent work you've done here
1: uh, yes, well, I, I do my best. Th- this one I thought would be quite a bit more fun than it ended up being for me. So, uh, But uh, if you're still out in the world, then hopefully it can do you some good.
4: I, I'm sure I'll find a use for it.
1: Yeah, so he, he lets you sort of uh, busy yourself with that. Yeah, so if if I get four hours, I will copy a spell into my spell book. He says, that, consider that vial yours, I have one more I think I can spare at the moment, I'm a little bit low uh, but you can take that with you on your travels and uh, I've got plenty of paper so as much as you
7: need The greatest gift a wizard could ask for <laughs> It really is
1: <laughs>
5: Yeah, uh, Mr. Ken um, I was going to lo- look around in here but I, I, it's probably better to just ask do you have any books about uh, the god Sindor? He's, he's a time, he's a god of time
1: Sindor, Sindor. I believe I do. Just give me a moment. And he kind of, you see him just kind of concentrate. And uh, the shelves, like all of the books on the shelves, you see like a light kind of moving across them as the books kind of like rumble a little bit. Uh, And then he opens his eyes and just says, yes, yes, there it is. And then uh, a book comes spinning out of the darkness into his hand and he hands it to you.
3: Uh,
5: Oh, thank you very much. He's where I get my powers, but no one really... Back home, no one really knew much about him, or they wouldn't tell me anyway.
1: Yes, I I, I believe it's a there's a, a short passage on him in this book. Not a well studied god, uh, quite secretive, I believe.
5: Yeah, so I'm so I'm beginning to realize. Uh, so it's not okay. It's just a a passage, and Ben is like flipping through the the yeah. book, and then he kind of stops. He go. He just looks up, and out of nowhere, he just says, "What
1: was it like to die?" It was quite interesting. Uh, my particular boon did bring me directly to Celestia, so some familiar faces there.
5: That's that's the god of magic, or is that a place?
1: It's what a, is Celestia? Uh, a plane, actually. Uh, a place just outside of the material, just beyond the Astral Sea that uh, many gods reside in. I, I would say even maybe your Sindor.
5: Huh. Okay. Oh well, thank you. Thank you very much, um... Is it okay if I stay in here and read all night? I can't, I can't sleep. Um, me and Me and Bree ate some uh, fruit on the ethereal plane, and we're not, we can't sleep.
1: Oh, um, so I was well, just
5: gonna read all night.
1: Uh, of course, you're more than welcome to read as long as you like, and uh, any books that you find in here, you're more than welcome to peruse. Thank uh, you. If you do want to sleep, though, uh, just uh, talk to Paulina. I'm sure she can sort you out.
5: Really, I, I do I want to. So just a, I am
1: sure a fruit would be no match for her powers. <laughs>
5: <laughs> okay, I mean nothing. Okay, um, I do. I want to sleep really bad. So, um, <laughs> thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna. I'll go. I'll go find her.
1: So he would. He would kind of stick around in the, uh, in the study as well. It's probably poking over your shoulder quite a bit, Valen as you start copying things down, he would also, I think you still, like, maybe would have given it back by now, but still have his spell book? Yes. Yeah. So he would be kind of going over the way that he writes his spell ciphers. Yeah. Um, so you you would have an easier time sort of, like, looking through his spell book as well um, as, as he sort of goes through trying to, to teach you the ins and outs of his spells. Uh, back in the parlor things have sort of uh, started to die down I, I guess Kara, Car- you're drifting off to sleep
2: yeah drinking some mold wine and uh, passing out.
1: okay yeah yeah so everybody starts to make their way off to bed as well so the the family starts to like looking around Paulina sort of says I suppose Ken is occupied I'm sure he'll be in there all night blathering on about that wardrobe. Thank you oh. again. Uh, sort of turning to talk to everyone but basically Rowan you're the only one left
0: yeah and uh I will just sort of drain my my glass oh Paulina oh this is uh, well you've already been uh so nice to us and uh, all right okay uh, Severus um what what do you know about Severus
1: Severus yes he is a divination God with uh, with <laughs> the the all-seeing eye.
0: Well, my brother, you see, uh, uh, well, he's, he's in a bit of a pickle, and and I'll hold the uh, my my chain up, and well, the little leather thong up, and uh, the little broken crystals dangling from it. It's like, well, maybe a bit more than a pickle, uh, and, and and well, I just don't know what to do.
1: Her eyes widen as she sees this crystal, um, and I know
0: you've done a whole bunch of traveling, and and you've been all over the place, and, and well, I. You know, I, I find it a little hard to talk about this. Uh, yeah, it's kind of my fault, you see. And uh, well, you know, I, maybe with all your traveling, you've seen this before, or, or uh, you know, you could you could point me in a direction, or or, uh, or really anything at this
1: point. What you have there is an incredible artifact.
0: Well, he's an even better furbogar. I'll tell you
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> you you've had dealings with the the council of Azuth?
0: Not knowing they
1: know. Well. Be careful who you show this to. Uh, my the council would be quite miffed to know that this is in circulation.
0: Well, well, see now that's just more evidence. I, I'm, I'm way over my head on this one. Uh, and normally, I, uh, you know, I, I take pride in being a bit of a problem solver, but but this one's, well, this one's got me all kinds of stumped, and, and I feel like maybe time's running out, and uh, w- well, it's keeping me up, and uh,
1: you, you know, it's uh,
0: well, it's bad.
1: And she kind of like looks at it, and and it's it's damaged. Um, you you keep saying your your brother. What happened to your brother?
0: Uh, well, he, he's in here. You see, uh, it's a long story. Uh, there's some shenanigans we we shouldn't have shouldn't have gotten into. Uh, and I don't know what he touched, uh, but but he it, just, it was this big big old rock. Uh, it kind of looked like this, um, just bigger. And uh, well, one minute he, he was in there poking at it, and the next minute, uh, well. He was here and I was picking him up and then trying to get out. Uh, the things had gotten pretty, uh, pretty snaky.
1: I'm, I'm sorry I can't be of more help. I, I don't know exactly what it does, but I have seen texts about the Council of Azuth and, and some of their highest ranking members were often depicted holding something like this with, uh, with quite a bit of reverence.
0: Oh, uh, okay. Um. And they're welcome to have it back.
1: I really only want teak <laughs> Well, it may be useful to seek them out.
0: Council of the well, Zooks. Okay, where would I? I mean, where would I find them? I, I know, you know, I've heard about
1: them, but I don't know where they'd be. <laughs> yes. Well, uh, they keep it that way on purpose. I can tell you. You have a, a friend who's a powerful diviner. Is that correct?
0: Oh yeah. Yeah, v- Valen is 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 pretty strong. He's he's pretty great at
1: it. Yes, well, uh, it, I mean, this isn't the best way to get their attention, but it is an effective way. I mean, get him to use some scrying magic in a populated city, and they'll come running.
3: Yeah, I want drink. Uh, <laughs> well uh,
0: now uh, hold, hold on Balina I don't want to get him in trouble I, I mean, he's Rowan has a
4: flashback of Valen saying he'll do anything
0: yeah yeah. and then that's quickly replaced with like a crowd of, of uh, azoth just like stomping you on the ground or something yeah. and I was like well, no 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 I, I don't want to get uh, you know I already brought this on, on one uh, person uh, you know I, I don't want to bring it on more you know well, could I write them a letter oh I like writing a Letters, I could write a letter, or uh, you know, with,
3: with something, you know,
1: maybe less less incriminate. Uh, I, I, unfortunately, I don't, they don't take house calls, but hold on, loading. I should have thought about this conversation before and had these notes ready. But if you uh, if you do find yourself near uh, Patal Barak, Patal Barak, their prison is there. Okay. That would be a place that I, I know, I mean, besides having them uh, bring down the Hammer of Fury upon Irresponsible wizards. Uh, that that would be the only other way I would know to to surefire find them.
0: Patel Barak. And well, you know, before I left High, High Warden, I was considered myself a uh, fairly well-travelled furball. But Patel uh, uh, Barak, where, where would I exactly find that
1: place? If you're from High Warden, uh, quite far west, uh, oh. just about as west as you can go, honestly, you'd have to travel uh, across the World Spine, across the ocean, past the Ice Belt, mm-hmm. uh, maybe to theramore or bastille and uh then quite far inland or uh
0: find a, a a reckless wizard in a city yes okay
1: well uh
0: you know how hard could that be right i mean a city's got all kinds of people you know that, that's what makes them a city i mean surely uh you know a lot of people means a lot of wizards and uh, i'm sure one of them's got to be a troublemaker right uh, you know that's got to be something
1: troublemakers of all sorts uh, i i will say you'll have to be quick uh Wizards who, who dare to uh, scry in the wrong places, tend to disappear. They're an efficient lot.
0: Could I like, you know, is there like a, I mean, I don't know. Paulina, I'm real, real desperate here. What if I like, you know, bought a, a scrying spell, a scroll or something, you you know, and maybe uh, you just kind of walked into the, the center of the some town or something and just just fired it off.
1: Uh, I would call that a last-ditch effort,
0: but yeah, it would
1: probably work.
0: Yeah. Well, I've been sleeping in that last ditch for a long time, so so maybe something like this hmm. could could jump start, yeah, all, all right, oh okay, so uh, I need a scrying scroll uh you, you guys wouldn't happen to be selling scribe? Scrolls? Would you? Maybe. Uh, could I get another drink? Maybe two.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, another like
1: another. Your your glass actually just fills back up yeah. in your hand oh, uh, as great. you say it's that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs>
3: and, and I just start I
0: just start drinking this down. My scrawny neck and Adam's apple
1: is just bobbing as I'm as I'm gulping this drink down.
2: <laughs> Kara starts snoring in the chair behind you.
1: Yeah, <laughs> she says I'm uh, I I am able to, to scry, but I unfortunately am not one for scroll writing. Um, yeah, that's okay. My. Uh, my magic comes from other places
0: okay okay but but i mean that's that's the most direction I've, I've had you know since this whole thing began so so thank you uh, paulina uh, i'm in your debt of course
1: i wish i could help you more
0: no this is great uh, some signposts are really all i needed
1: and i guess with that the door would open up and uh, ben you could come in looking for paulina and maybe Bree, you would be in herrick's chambers
7: yeah yeah once i, I was just like filling that sack with gold basically
1: okay so just do like athletics to see how quickly you can fill up the the sack
7: uh that's a 17 plus 5 22
1: okay (laughs) um so would you fill it up and then just leave
7: yeah, I think once it's filled, I don't think Bria is necessarily even rushing so much through this because Ken has said that we can do whatever we want in the house. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> I think I would just fill that sack with gold and then think about where the largest fireplace is in the house. I assume the dining room, probably. Yeah, there was a big one in the dining room, a
1: big one in the observatory, uh, and a big one in your guest room.
7: Yeah, and then, I, I don't know, I've slept in a few dining room fireplaces at this point, so... Uh, I would probably make my way there and then just uh, lay down and not sleep. Uh, (laughs) If anyone comes in, it would definitely be like Brie would just be like stacking coins on her arm and trying to be like, how do I make them stay? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so you you finish filling up the
1: sack. Nobody except the audience sees this, but like you open the door to Herrick's room to walk into the dining room. It closes and then the door opens again and Herrick walks into his room uh, to go to bed. Um, Soup and, everywhere. Yeah,
3: <laughs>
1: I mean the place was the place was kind of destroyed. Well, although mm-hmm. I, I guess he didn't see that when you were in there with uh, Noir. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, he just comes in and ah, well, shit. And you make your way into the dining room where, as you enter the room, you see like the the room is dark as you come in, and you see there's just a single candle lit, and the flame of the candle kind of brightens up. Uh, as if surprised by you, and then hops out of the candle and jumps into the fireplace, and it just roars to life, um, and you're able to sort of get a comfy little space. Does it have Billy Crystal's voice? Yeah, it does. <laughs> I'm yes. not going to do it, but it does. <laughs> it says, "Why, hello, I'm Billy Crystal." And dives into the. Do you like part. the Mets? <laughs>
7: we uh, we start our musical number. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so uh, Ben, you would come in to the observatory. Uh, or the, sorry, the parlor?
5: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, just with that uh, book under his arm and then just, yeah, walk up to Paulina demurely and just be like, Exc- uh, Excuse me, Paul- Paulina. Mm-hmm. I was, um, I was talking. I, I asked Ken if I could sleep in the, uh, or not sleep, if I could stay in the study all night reading because I, I can't sleep um, because I ate fruit on the ethereal plane. And he said... I should talk to you, and maybe you could help me um, go to sleep.
1: Oh, yes, uh, uh, of course, if you're... I think I know exactly what you ate. Kind of a, a purplish eggplant-looking berry? Yeah. Yes, okay. Well, you must have got quite a bit of work done. I, create... I used to do those to cram for my uh, for my <laughs> longer prayer sessions. Oh. <laughs>
5: They're
1: worth uh, okay. quite a bit in, uh, in writtenness, actually. Don't tell Beatrice you have them, but...
5: We don't have them anymore. I mean, I don't think so. Bree might. She had a lot.
1: Simple restoration should help you with that. And she, yeah, holds up her holy symbol on the sort of delicate necklace around her neck and places a hand on your shoulder and you feel this sort of warmth come over you. And as you close your eyes to enjoy that, Rowan, you watch him just collapse onto the ground immediately (laughs) asleep.
0: (laughs) Oh oh my.
1: She says, oh, yes, right. You might want to (laughs) carry
0: him I'm already bending down and, like, kind of cradling him in, in, in my arms there.
1: Yes, and any other ways that you can think of for me to, to help you, um, please let me know.
0: Well, again, I'm, I'm already very grateful. You seem to know what it was, at least. I know it's late, and I know we've had a day, so I'll let you go to bed. But um, maybe in the morning, you know, you could kind of explain what, what the darn thing actually is.
1: Well, uh, yes, un- unfortunately, I've told you about all I know oh. about it. Um, oh, just, yeah. just that I've seen it in, in texts about the Council.
0: Okay. Okay. Well, uh, again, you've pointed me in a direction. It's much appreciated. Uh, And and I'm quite drunk, and uh, you know this little this little guy got to go to bed. So uh, I'm going to use him as my excuse to uh, to go to bed myself.
1: Uh, I'm going to head to bed as well. I suppose if there is another one of your other comrades is afflicted by this, I guess tell them to come find me, and I can uh, I can help them sleep as well. Hmm.
0: Well, no one breathe, probably you know, curled up in front of
1: whatever your your
0: biggest fireplace is.
1: Hmm. Okay, well, uh, if they're happy enough, then uh, it should wear off in a couple of nights anyway. Nods to you and starts heading towards the door. Ben, I think you're just sort of nodding in and out of a, of an almost uncontrollable sleep as, mm-hmm. uh, as Rowan carries you back to the guest room. Yeah, let, let's get you tucked in. Coming uh-huh. in and out of consciousness. So as all of you except for Bree... Uh, start to drift off to sleep. You can all <laughs> level up. There's <Whee>! <laughs> the consequence
5: of this. Uh, well, well, well. If it isn't the consequences <laughs> of <for> my actions. <laughs> I, <resist>. I was
6: <laughs> hoping we wouldn't meet.
3: <laughs>
4: <laughs> how much? How much spells did I get to write down? So... It it takes me four hours to write one second-level spell, so I I assume I did
1: that. But you were like, he's helping you write other spells down. Uh, So he, uh, yeah, so what I wanted to say there is that he is a frost wizard as well. If you want to get, like, a scroll of a frost spell, just, like, while looking over his shoulder with him showing you how to, like, what his ciphers are, you can also pick, like, a frost spell. I had sleet storm in mind yeah um,
4: so yeah sleet storm would be great
1: yeah so if, if you want to include that as one of the things that you can copy um amazing yeah oh my god I'm... oh yeah yeah sweet <laughs> um so do we want to just go around just say what you're gonna add with your level up and uh and then we'll do the the sort of three before bed things so we can start with star oh Go um, oh, to someone took a bite else. A banana. So we're gonna move on. To-
3: <laughs> Please include that.
1: No, no, no. Do it with the banana. <laughs>
6: that
1: I'm banana's sorry. gonna taste so good after this recap.
6: <laughs> okay. Um, so uh, as part of Star's level up, um, he got more HP, and um, also he has a rogue. He obtained the expertise. Ability, which is he picks two more two more skills and gets to add double his proficiency bonus. So to uh, continue his over-specialization into a backflip person, he, uh, <laughs> he specialized into sleight of hand and stealth. Sick. Nice. What does that put you at? Plus 15? Plus 11. <laughs> Plus
1: 11, okay. In both. Gross. Uh, okay, let's go to uh, Ben. Ben. Uh, been at level six uh, as a grave cleric now has the ability to
5: cancel critical uh, hits against the party uh, as a reaction and uh got more spells and more health sweet awesome. uh
1: kara
2: um as a druid kara has an ability where difficult terrain doesn't bother me anymore um, called uh, Land Stride. And uh, I can pass through brambles, non magical plants without getting harmed in any way. They can't scratch me anymore or slow me down. And I have an advantage against any saves against magical plants.
1: Cool. Very specific.
0: I love it. Uh, Rowan. Oh, uh, I'm also a rogue, so I've got my expertise and uh, a little more HP. Uh, I did uh, investigation and uh, I gained uh, some persuasion. So now my passive investigation is also bumped up to 24, which is nice. Um, Disagree. Yeah, it's
4: pretty good. <laughs> and Valen. So I was able to learn a couple more spells. Um, I get an extra third level spell slot, and as a divination whisper, uh, whisper as a divination wizard, I get expert divination. So now, anytime I cast a divination spell of second level or higher, using a spell slot, I can regain one expended spell slot of a lower level. Oh, damn. Cool. That's cool. Uh, so it has to be uh, yeah, lower than the spell slot I've cast it with, and it can't be any it caps out at fifth level. But, uh, yeah. It's
7: be lot, all the time.
1: A lot more divination casts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're going right to wizard jail.
3: <laughs>
5: do not pass go
1: uh, okay so and, and a few of you wanted to do a few things before you went to bed uh, so what what's, what's going on what are your plans what are your plots you fiends
7: bed and leveling up is for suckers who don't just eat stupid ethereal fruit all the time with no consequences. <laughs> um, so Bree is going to be doing, uh, you know, spending her her, her cram session on Adderall, um, working on new equipment. And the thing I wanted to do was the white dragon scales that I had collected off of the giant before uh, that he had as like part of his armor, I believe. Uh, Bree is gonna start uh, creating kind of like an interlocking scale armor thing that goes down her tail. Uh, because it's the only part that kind of sticks out from the cloak that isn't white. So I'm hoping we'll help hide her a little bit more. Um, And I don't know, I'd I'd probably also maybe piddle out into the uh, blizzard and see whether or not Ventress uh, dropped a few extra scales just to fill up the bag. Um, But yeah, that's gonna be her her overnight thing because she doesn't know how to sew gold into armor yet. Cool. Um, (laughs) Okay, so make a survival
1: for the crafting this might be another item that takes a couple of tries. Yeah,
7: 7 plus five, 12.
1: Twelve? Okay, so just uh just keep track of that. Um I'm going to assign a DC once we decide what that dragon skill thing is going to do. Yep. And yeah, you go outside, you can do a survival check as well for the scales.
7: Looking at okay. the scales. That one is a 3 plus 5 8.
1: 8? Uh yeah, so you you go outside this Storm is still raging outside. It has not died down at all, so it's just howling wind. You reach down a few times looking at things that look like they could be scales, but they crumble in your hands like ice. Um, mm-hmm. just at the, it just seems like the ground, especially around the outside of the tower, the, as the snow blows across it, it sort of creates these razor scale-like flecks of ice. Mm-hmm. And they're all pointing in one direction, and I, I think a big thing that's throwing you off is that you can't smell anything because of the speed of the wind. Yeah. But as you casually look up in this direction that all these scales seem to be pointing in, through the storm, uh, you actually <laughs> see... <am> like <laughs> <laughs> you You see lightning crackle in the distance, and your scales, like your, your hackles kind of come up like you're being watched.
7: Ooh. Yeah, uh, uh, Brie would just kind of, like, throw the hood up on the cloak and, like, slowly start stepping backwards uh, towards the door. She yeah. knows that there are really big, scary things out here, um, and she doesn't want to get eaten.
1: Yeah. Uh, so you make it back to the door, no problem. And, yeah, again, as, as you open it up, like, even look, glancing back over your shoulder, the lightning doesn't strike again, but that feeling until you close the door behind you doesn't go away.
7: Ew. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm going to go back to a nice warm fire and, and do some some sewing, some dragon sewing. Cool. Uh,
1: anyone else for before bed things? Yeah, I would uh, just
4: before sort of packing up the the paper and, and, and saying thank you to Kanoith, I would just excuse myself to uh, cast Sending, and I'll cast Sending to Yuri. Okay. And I'll just say, We are still safe. We have found a very powerful wizard who should be able to send us back to the Material Plane uh, in the morning. We also passed through the phase, so I'm not sure how long it's been since we left, but we should be back very shortly.
1: And you get back pretty quickly, and it, the voice that comes back, it sounds really strange. Like, it's speeding up and slowing down. At weird times, it's, like, really difficult to, to fully understand exactly what's being said, but you do get get back. Oh, uh, good, good to hear from you. You sound fucked. <laughs> uh, glad to hear you coming back things have been interesting since you left uh, but we're fine everything's alright, we killed this goblin perv who came out of the woods after us took him out pretty handy, got a few treats looking forward to seeing you again now
4: uh, that's great, that's the last uh, third level spell slot I have, so I'll go to bed okay
1: goblin perv,
6: uh oh one of our goblins. Is the that? Nil
1: bug. It's that's the nilbog for
6: sure uh, yeah, Star, before he goes to bed, is just going to... Um, well, first he's going to... this Tonight when he sleeps, he's going to attune to the returning dagger, and then also he wants to write the letter for Terry to his friend, whose name I just rolled, Silent Bottle. Who is a Silent Bottle? Merchant, yeah, who is a tabaxi Sick. merchant in Pralia. Deals mostly with housewares. Uh, the letter basically says like like it's like a letter of introduction for his friend Terry basically he would be doing me a really big favor if he brings him on just for just just as like a like an apprentice kind of someone to help show the ropes a little bit and to be really, really careful with him, but also let him know that his father is a super powerful
7: wizard. <laughs> okay, very cool. Yeah. That's how yeah.
5: business gets done. <laughs> That's
7: how it's
6: always gotten
5: done.
7: That <laughs> guy is a rude, but his dad is super rich. So. Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, look out. Okay, Silent Bottle. Next Stop.
5: Oh, Silent President Bottle. President of Pralia. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought you said Silent Bobble, and I was going to say, like, does he have a buddy Jay?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jay in Silent Bobble. Jay in silent Bobble. <laughs> it's K in Silent Bottle.
7: Silent bottle breaking over man's head. <laughs>
6: <laughs> yeah, make it like a make it like a like a Zen poem.
7: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah.
5: Silent bottle rolling out of dad's hand.
3: Oh, jeez. Oh, <laughs> Dark. Oh. <No.
1: laughs> okay. So yeah, you you do that. Do you want to hand that off now, or do you want to just go to bed and hand it off in the morning? I'll hand it off in the morning. Okay. So all of you except for Bree uh, drift off to a much-needed slumber, the scratches and bruises from the past couple of days and an extremely eventful 48 hours or whatever this madness took place in, starting to drift away as you just sink into these various comfy places that you found. As you drift off to sleep, Kara, your eyes kind of slowly flutter open as you feel the feeling of a cold mist settling onto your face. You feel the prickles of thorns sort of poking at your arms and back as you wake up on a large, slick rock, which is wrapped in thick vines lined with these sharp brambles. What? (laughs) Uh, So as as you look around, the air is dark. It's this windless kind of twilight. Your vision is choked by fog, and this winding wall of bramble that rises up on all sides of you into the twilight sky where there's a massive blood-red moon that sits looming on the horizon, casting a pink light through the swirling mist.
2: Oh, spooky.
1: Dark leaves are drifting lazily around like cherry blossoms, but as they land on your face and clothes, they leave behind a viscous black sap.
2: I would like to get up and um, sniff sniff the, uh, the sap.
1: It gives you a very familiar feeling. A shudder. Your body reacts to it like a poison. As it drips off of your fingers, it pools on the ground below you and very slowly starts to slither its way back to these thorns on the brambles around you. Standing up, I think if it wasn't for this newfound ability that you literally just got by leveling up, uh, (laughs) like you feel yourself kind of detach as uh, as these thorns are like trying to rip through your clothes and skin, but you manage to pretty nimbly stand yourself up on the rock.
2: Does it feel like I'm really here? Like it feels like I've really been transported, like I'm gone?
1: Yes. You feel like the wet on your back from the dew that's collected on this rock. Uh, you feel it on your face. The difference between the water and this liquid that's left behind by the leaves. It's all extremely vivid.
2: Well, this is horrifying. I don't think I know what to do.
1: So as you're kind of standing there taking in your surroundings, the fog above you suddenly like swirls as this big dark shape darts overhead, flying towards this big red moon.
2: Yeah, Um, I'd like to be a bear, I think, right now. I think I'd
1: really like to be
2: a bear and not
1: myself. So you transform and you are shocked by the size of yourself. As you come into this bear form, instead of tawny brown fur that would cover your body, you instead, these thick black feathers shoot out of your arms and legs you bulk to just an incredible size the boulder under you cracking under your weight Uh, you feel your eyes extend as the darkness leaves from all around you suddenly it becomes clearer this area that you're in as you see twisting hallways of brambles in all directions as this labyrinthine maze extends in all directions the long terrible claws just crushing these brambles under it as they spurt out this black liquid
2: i think last time i was a bear i had just been fed the poison i probably remember exactly what the dusk dusk blood yeah smells like it's that for sure it is
1: that for sure
2: i'm gonna follow the shape i'm gonna follow the flying shape okay in that direction
1: so In front of you, all of these brambles are just kind of twisting. Are are you going to try to navigate the maze? How do you want to make your way there?
2: I don't think it's a good idea to get scratched if I can avoid it. I mean, I feel pretty infected, but uh, I'm going to try and follow the tunnels instead of sort of tearing through.
1: Okay, so your size currently makes it difficult. Like the the walls are choking in on you on either side. Uh, Mm. You do feel like the brambles are scratching up against you, but this thick hide that you have right now through this mass of oily feathers on your shoulders, uh, you don't even feel any of the scratches as you as you try to make your way through. You can do survival.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, do you want to say An that 18. again? 18. 18? So
2: that it's actually in the mic, yes. Yeah.
1: <laughs> 18, okay. So you're making your way forward as you start to hear echoing out in the distance. The, uh, yeah. yeah. Coming from somewhere ahead, following that sound. There's a frustration of having to try to turn this huge body around these twisting corners to stay within the corridors. But as you're navigating and trying to get closer to this sound and follow this shape, you find under you the thorns actually start to help you they start to curve and twist in front of you and create this ramp that, if, if you want, you can walk up to sort of get out of, this, uh, out of these corridors.
2: Yes, definitely. Give myself a little bit more space to maneuver.
1: So you walk up onto the top of the maze, and looking around, you can see it is almost infinite, spreading in every direction in this sort of weird pink twilight that you exist in. You see now the shape hovering above the maze. About 60 feet above it, you see massive black wings. As you see Lilia, in her beastly raven form, these long, gnarled arms ending in these wicked claws, a long beak filled with sharp teeth over the lower half of her face, the upper half, a balding, pale skin, Sprouting black feathers that form a cloak around the two giant wings that protrude from her back. And she is still repeating this phrase, and she starts to descend. And as she does, in the same way that this ramp is being created for you, brambles reach up to create a perch for her. She lands on it, and you see her talons grip into the branch as they're pierced by these thorns this dark blood starts to drip from her feet, falling 60 feet below through the mist and into the maze itself. And as they contact the mist, the mist turns red. Mm. And the brambles start to surge upwards under her. Some of them are like snapping and straining as this massive face presses up against them and starts to rise up as if trying to meet Lilia above. There's thorns cutting deep into the skin, like cutting into these bulging mad eyes of this gargantuan face of what was once an ladrin, but is now just a scarred visage of madness, just pressed up against this thorn cage looking up at Lilia.
2: I don't, I want to be like quiet, I guess. I want to be stealthy, but I would like to get a little closer and see if, yeah, I want to be able to overhear if they have a conversation.
1: Do you want to stay a bear and be sneaky? Yes. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I will say roll stealth with disadvantage then. That's an 11. An 11? So you start to walk forward and you can see like even as you walk, you would step over what would be an empty corridor back into the maze, but the brambles are weaving themselves into a pathway that lets you sort of walk straight ahead the mist itself raising up to about your shoulder level, so just your head is exposed above the mist. And you move a bit closer, and as you do, you see one of the huge eyes, one of them still locked on Lilia. the other one immediately just twists to the side. This massive pupil dilates as it stares right into your eyes, and you can make a wisdom save.
2: That is a 16.
1: 16? So this eye hits you, and you are no longer just staring straight ahead back at it. You are looking from above, and you are seeing this endlessly long labyrinth, and you just start getting directions in your head left, right, right, left, right, left, right, right, left, 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 right, right, right. As you are just currently in your mind walking and pacing through this endless labyrinth you can just feel echoing over and over again the different directions that you're supposed to be heading all the while frustration starts to overcome you you can feel your claws like digging into the vines below and starting to like tear them as they start reaching up and grabbing and pulling you downwards into the maze as you're sinking in you see lilia as well look to you You don't have the mental capacity to even react to it right now. She doesn't seem surprised, and you see her smile as you're starting to get dragged down. But for a moment, the two of you have this connection in your mind. You can feel her in your head, the information of the past couple of days getting passed over to her unwillingly, and you also get a view into her mind, and you see a huge brambled gate you see an army of darklings working to shift and move this gate upwards you see her walking through their ranks ordering them as they shy away from her in fear and you see one of them like reaching up trying to weave some of these brambles into a large gate just getting cuts from all of these vines over and over again they collapse to the ground in just a bloody heap and as they do she stands over the top of them and opens a jar, and you see from the Darkling's mouth the vapor of its being sort of exits it and gets sucked into the jar, and she closes it and then nods her head to other Darklings who drag the body and toss it into a ravine filled with similarly faded Darklings. Mm. And as you're pulled down into the depths of this labyrinth, uh, you wake up back in the parlor. The fire just evaporating the sweat on your brow holy crap
2: that's a great drunk nightmare <laughs> i think you a little too much to drink there
1: <laughs> that's probably what it was definitely
0: yeah you shouldn't mix your drinks like that next time
2: no <laughs> no
0: <laughs>
2: I mean, that no nice. absinthe for liquor me liquor
1: before beer you're Nothing in the mixes well with dusk blood <laughs> Beer before liquor, you're trapped in an endless, labyrinthine bramble patch. (laughs) Hello, it's Mike Friday, your Dungeon Mom, here at the end of the episode. I already told you all the things that I want you to do at the top of the episode. But just as a reminder, it's leaving us a 5-star review, following us on Twitter, and tagging us with your favorite moments from the show and or subscribing to our Patreon. So I won't go through them again, because surely you remember. You're the absolute greatest. I would take a magic missile for you. And as always, keep being the best. We love you very much, and we'll see you next week.
3: Goodbye.